Welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Order in the next hour and get free delivery. Is this the next hour from it going up or is this the next hour from our recording? Because if it's the next hour from our recording, I doubt it. It's really the next hour from whenever you're listening to this. It's going to be delivered for free. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Um, I will say, I'm not sure that we have any direct delivery costs, but we can't really cover incidental delivery costs. Like, I don't know. Uh, your internet? We're not covering that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Moving on. Hi, everyone. My name is Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus. And I really like karaoke. <laughs> I see, I see. We're adding fun facts again. I don't know why. Fun facts. Um, I'm AVO, author of Rune and Metagame, and I don't have anything against karaoke. And I usually like it when it, when I'm not doing it alone, which it's obviously not intended to be alone. But uh, today we have, as well, with us, a guest. <laughs> Awkward segue. <laughs> so... I'm Sunflower Vice. If you've been listening to the series for a while, you've probably heard me rambling before. And I wasn't expecting a fun fact, but I guess I'll say sometimes I've used dice rolls to determine if characters die or not. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Hey, it's a fun <laughs> idea, you know? That way, everybody can die. Sometimes, if I'm rolling, everybody does die. And then I need to rewrite it, because if everybody dies, I can't continue the story. <laughs> <laughs> Kill off the main cast. Have the sidekicks end up taking over. Well, the problem was the problem was that the sidekicks all died too. Oh wait, no, they died too. Never mind. <laughs> and then so did the main character, like the the uber main characters. I think you're misunderstanding in that I was using a d20 and I rolled seven natural ones and not a single number over a ten <laughs> in fifteen rolls. <laughs> I don't know, but you sounds like y'all killed too many characters. <laughs> I can count on one hand the number of important slash named characters I've killed in my current story. <laughs> it's under five. <laughs> unnamed characters, unnamed characters, that's another story. Hey, in both of the ones that are under this name right now, the characters don't even die most of the time. Yay! Like, even if they quote-unquote die, they respawn. Yay, games! It's very <laughs> Exactly. And then we don't talk about the stuff written under other names, where lots of people die all the time. <laughs> poor, poor characters. Well, respawning in the light kind of fits in with the story idea I had this session. Yeah. yeah. Less awkward segue. <laughs> <laughs> so the main concept is... The main character, for some reason in my head, I just pictured it being like a college-age girl, um, is in some sort of a psych ward, a mental health facility, whatever, and the reason why doesn't really matter in the long run, just, you know, some sort of higher-end one, or maybe a private one, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, well, due to the fact that she's not even close to ready for society, but the people kind of want to push her, 
they decide to get her a system and kind of bribe her with, well, if you do this at least two hours a day, you can play it when we would be having these specific therapy sessions, you know, kind of a thing, because, you know, I assume not everyone kind of likes those therapy sessions with the therapist, especially if they're living in the place. But basically, you play this VR MMORPG as a way to kind of start to bridge the gap between being alone and hating everything or whatever in the psych ward therapy place, whatever, and moving towards interacting with people. I mean, even if you just spend the whole time talking to NPCs, at least that's a step. <laughs> so I'm self-reporting a little bit um, with this, but at least my experience was that not a lot of the... Um, there were sort of activities that were pseudo-voluntary. They called them voluntary. They were not actually voluntary. Um, in, a, in a very similar situation, um, there were activities that... that could definitely replace, uh, but they would not necessarily be with a with a therapist exactly. <laughs> there was one there, but it wasn't that wasn't the focus of what we were doing most of the time. So I mean, yeah, that would that would absolutely make sense. Is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, in a VR game, you know, something they could probably spy on and watch what she's doing. Oh, easily. Note taking. I mean, honestly, I kind of got the idea when I was like, you know. All those people that got stuck in those whatever games where it's like, you die in the game, you die for real. I was like, you just know there's some one depressed person that's using their starting dagger and just kind of cutting their own wrist or whatever. And just, I don't know, I imagine kind of doing that in a game would feel good to them. But the fact that there is no physical harm would be, you know, seen as an improvement to the therapist. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> In a lot of ways that I'm not really going to go into. I'm just saying, though, in this case, I'm seeing it more of a socialized issue, and that's why they're getting yeah. funded. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're getting funding for it, at least. I think there's a lot of <laughs> non-game uses for virtual reality that people haven't really thought about when they write crap like Ready Player One. Um <laughs> Um, well, I mean, the problem is that, you know, games are trying to do the virtual reality thing, and everybody else is waiting for games to finish pioneering the virtual reality thing, and then they might pick it up. Because currently, the metaverse sucks, and nobody wants it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, people won't know what's a success until they see it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the metaverse just kind of looked cringe to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's part of the issue, you know? It sucks, so it looks cringe. Mm -hmm. The only proper use of, of my VR headset is to play Beat Saber. And email me if you disagree, but you won't change my mind. <laughs> I don't have a VR headset. I'm Maybe sometime next year I'll see if I can get a computer and yada, 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 handle it all. But I have tried the VR Beats and that was Yeah, fun. unless you're super into music rhythm games, it's kind of a waste of money right now. Uh, <laughs> well, for just that, yeah. <laughs> but I am super into music rhythm games, so there you go. There are some other games that also make sense to play with something uh, like VR. But mm. it's, 
you know, it's a complicated field and there needs to be a lot of development before we really get anywhere. But moving on, because in stories we can skip all that development Yay! and instead get to the yeah, good part. Screw- Actual it's technology. It's magically the year 2042 or something. <laughs> All of my, my story with VR is just set in the vague future that's not specified when VR is a real thing. <laughs> 30 to 50 years down the line. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pro tip guys, never put the actual year in your writing unless you want it to feel very dated in a couple decades. <laughs> or unless it's mentioning real life historical yeah. whatevers. But if it's set in the future... Frankly, a lot of the time when people are writing historical whatevers, uh, putting the year in there dates it a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Just put va- go vague. Stay vague. Then people can't... Plus, in stories, if you put in actual time frames, it's easier for people to find exactly. plot holes. People can't things. tell you if, uh, that you're wrong if you just didn't say something. <laughs> People can't tell you that you're wrong if they don't know what's right. Exactly. Something like, well, while it originally they thought it would take two years, but it definitely took longer than that. Yeah. That is kind of the most gen- specific I could see being you know, exactly. good. <laughs> I just like vaguely introduced like technologies that I would expect to be around while VR is around. Like, you know, self-driving cars, like fully self-driving cars that are legal. And... Um, I'm picturing a self-driving car being something like halfway between a personal like pod and a rail car, you know, one of those mm. trolleys that used to yeah. be. And I picture a whole slew of them being outside of bars. <laughs> the way that I do self-driving cars in my like near future stuff is essentially like your your self-driving AI has to legally go on when you get onto a highway and has to legally come off as soon as you're on city streets. Okay. Now, one thing I could see the main character doing in the story is at first she would probably block all of the player characters that she meets. Well, I mean, I kind of want to ask first, right? Like, um, because of the environment that she's in, does she have specific therapeutic goals that she's being told to work towards, or is she given a more general statement of goals? Well, I kind of picture at first it starts with a general just spend time in there, and then, you know, as the time goes, she's given kind of more specific goals. Like, try talking to an actual player. <laughs> Step and... one in the menus, turn <laughs> off view other players. <laughs> And is this a game that has been designed for therapeutic purposes? Or is it more like, we're just gonna dump people into the regular VR MMORPG? (laughs) I picture this is a first-time experiment just to see how it goes thing, because they're desperate. Okay. Maybe they talked to the company that made it and got some special, you know... For example, being allowed to view what she's doing. (laughs) Okay. Plus some filters that are like, please do not spew hate speech from general chat at our people who are very (laughs) not in a good place right now. That would not be good. Maybe general chat would have a few second delay so that the therapist could block chat. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that would be a job for the therapist, but... (laughs) 
Well, no, if they're watching her, you know, just the ones that she could see. Well, yeah, but they wouldn't watch in real time because that's kind of using a highly skilled expert for something where you could use a minimum fair, wage worker. Fair, yeah. Uh, and, like, I think that's a element of, like, virtual reality that's quite different from games as we know it because it's not chat, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, just people literally talking to each other. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you can see someone and they're talking, but you can't hear what they're saying, that really uh, messes up the whole virtual reality component of it. So it's either you have to, like, mm-hmm. block the person where it's like, okay, we're now in separate instances where I can't see them or, like, full interaction. They disappear in front of you, but in doing so, they spaghettify first. (laughs) Traumatize everybody. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, this is a collab between the game company and the medical institute where they're, they're trying to prove the therapeutic purpose of the game because, you know... When it's approved for therapy, you can mm. charge a lot more. Uh, <laughs> Very true. Um, and so they've created like an instance of the game where it's like there's only NPCs. Approved players or something. I don't know about only NPCs, but maybe it's only NPCs and people who specifically got like... Yeah. Who specifically have a very clean record. Yeah, like they've been playing the game for two years already, never had a complaint. Yeah, everybody starts out like in the regular instance. And only once like they've proven over a certain period of time to have like pleasant and helpful interactions with other people do they get doubled into this instance where come to this special instance for time and a half drops and xp kind of like an ex- more extreme version of the newbie support thing that some games do and then so what's funny is that you'll have these rare people who can see these like ghost-like players that nobody else can see <laughs> they'll be like wait a minute is this a special quest what's going on what you don't see this is this person a ghost <laughs> Well, I would say that that the people who have the impeccable records would be offered the chance to go into a special instance that's like extra XP and extra drops. And we're not really telling you why. There's a reason we want you here, but we're not telling you. Well, that's confusing. We're testing a new hidden mechanic. Yeah. As a compensation, if you join, you'll get increased loot drops. The rare loots will all have a 3% higher chance of dropping. Um, that is insane for some drop things. Okay, maybe it's like... Depending. Like, if it's only 1%, it goes to, like, 1.03 instead. Oh, so you went 3% higher than it is. Yep. Maybe it's like, okay, they're like, they get the message that's, like, the offer that you get to go into this special instance that has all these bonuses with, like, instead of, like, specific instructions, there's just, like, warnings that, like having, like, really negative interactions with other players can result in you being kicked back out into the regular instance. So, like, people are just kind of motivated to be, like, fairly pleasant and nice. Like, that's their natural instinct anyways, but, you know. Just, uh... Kind of like if a forum had a, you know, special chat section that was just labeled heaven and it's only the people that have never had a complaint against them or a strike against (laughs) them for two years. (laughs) 
Well, never had a complaint is a little bit different than never had a strike. Because, you know, I have a few games where I've... I know that I've had uh, quite a few complaints, but I've never in my life had a strike. Yeah, complaints, uh, you know, there's a, there's always Karens. Well, complaints that are unfounded, <laughs> I imagine, would be ignored. It's like, that person hacked my game and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I've literally never seen you. Well, no, sometimes you get reported for being too calm. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, anyways. Just ignore the Karens of the world. Um, <laughs> I apologize if your name's actually Karen and you're not, like an entitled asshole um <laughs> well everyone knows that stereotype now so it's a useful short um yeah so you know the the person is like okay i guess i'll like log into this game because otherwise someone's gonna yap at me <laughs> well i mean it's more like because otherwise then i have to go to the group therapy session and those always suck um yeah they don't always suck but they they can suck, especially if you're in an institution where like people are rotating in and out. It's like new people every week, and we don't do introductions or anything, so I just see new people, and we're supposed to talk about our feelings, and I'm not really comfortable with that. And you kind of give them like NPC names just so you're like, okay, there's fish lips, there's redhead, and there's extra tall. Extra tall. Yeah, I mean, that's not entirely wrong. <laughs> okay, so, you know. And then, like, the seven dwarves, grumpy, happy, sleepy. <laughs> you can, like, really, like, go into the, the ambiance of the game, because, like, the instance is, like, eerily empty for a... Because it's the same size as the regular world, but it has, like, 1% of the players, maybe even less. And I imagine the aggressive mobs would maybe be half the normal amount? You know, it depends. Some people, maybe they find, you know, killing virtual monsters in a really violent way very therapeutic. Well, (laughs) by that I mean the ones that will attack the player first. Well, you know, I think it's just like a... One of those games that's like, you know, the monsters near town are not very aggressive. But, like, if you purposely go into that territory where the dragon lives, <laughs> like, what were you expecting? Like, it shouldn't be, like, too safe. I'm actually picturing, like, the first chapter of a story like this, or maybe the prelude thing, just being literally the instruction manual for said game. <laughs> just... That sounds entertaining if you can skip it <laughs> and go back to it later. <laughs> Well, it's literally just an overly simplified version. Certain things would just say, for more specific details, go to our website. And then it's just www.notarealwebsite.areyoukiddingme. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose, actually, if you made like a pr- prologue that was mm-hmm. essentially the instruction manual with annoyed comments from the person reading it and you open like your first sentence is one of those annoyed comments so you're making it clear that you know you're not just doing the instruction manual that would actually be a lot of fun yeah especially if it's like an overly happy promotional one. Oh yeah definitely in normal text it's like scribbled out this is the stupidest idea they've ever had but at least gets me out of my therapy and then it starts Welcome, friend, and welcome to the start of your journey in generic game world title gear. Exactly. You can have some, like, uh, like unhelpful sections where it's like, how to navigate in the world. 
in order to walk, walk as you normally would. Because <laughs> it's virtual reality. Like, <laughs> to jump, jump. <laughs> in order to talk, just open your mouth and talk. How much emphasis you put in your words will determine the volume that it has. And it's just like, uh, certain sub-races can gain the ability to fly, but this is not available at level one, and we recommend not jumping from higher than two meters. <laughs> Kidnapping the tutorial NPC is no longer functional now that the beta has been finished. Instead, they will respawn at their starting points, causing your quest to fail. No, I mean, you know, don't don't mess with the NPCs. Like when I design games, I just make them like god level in terms of power. So you can try <laughs> taking them hostage, but you'll just die, and then no one will give you quests. <laughs> Gotta restart, make a new character. Um, if you die in game, do not worry. This will be resolved after about. 15 seconds where the game offers you advice on how not to die again. <laughs> and if it's phrased the same way that it is in this book, everybody would be extremely annoyed at that. <laughs> how to not when die there's again. fire, don't stand in it. Thanks, Mom. I was trying that, but there was a boss there and it was attacking. That Actually, that would be a really funny mechanic if like, every time you died, it was like, you uh, fell off a cliff. Next time, do not fall from a height <laughs> like just or like you were eaten by a dragon next time do not be eaten by a dragon <laughs> i'm just like that was... next time try avoiding the dragon's mouth there's you, big teeth there you ran directly at the raid boss while alone for further success in the raid please try having more players but for the success in a raid, please try joining a raid. Yeah. <laughs> like, this this raid was raided for 15 level 70 characters. You tried to fight it by yourself at level 70. <laughs> please find 14 friends. <laughs> now, part of me thinks that if the game doesn't have a lot of um, quests that require people to help each other, you know, like elite quests or whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. There would probably be a few more, maybe a few of the mobs you have to kill scaled up a little bit. In Honestly, I think that almost everything would have to be group content for this to make sense. Mm -hmm. Or at least partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it's like, I don't think a game where it's necessary to partner up is, you know, we don't want to force people unwillingly too much, but you just got to... Well, this is a therapist slash volunteer. Yeah. Otherwise, you're stuck grinding pigs in the woods until you level up enough. Yeah, which always kind of sucks. I, I will say that, like, what would make sense, to me personally at least, would be, like, if you want to progress your, like, main story quest, you've got to group up or at least find, like, another person. But if you want to, for example, like, Grab the stuff for your crafting session. You don't necessarily need other people around for that. So it kind of depends. Like, there's definitely the ability to do a solo session, but it's not necessarily the expectation that you'll do that every time. Or if you level up enough that you can solo it where it's just an easier quest at that point. 
Yeah, like there's... Or if you're the type of person who builds something ridiculous for your character and then just solo something on level that's supposed to be for ten people. So rather than finding people to work with, you made dynamite using seashells? Yes. Well, seashells isn't exactly the right thing, but... <laughs> Maybe in a fantasy setting. Not dynamite. Exactly. Explosive seashells. But, um, you know, as long as we can acquire some saltpeter... I don't see why not. <laughs> Yay, knowledge. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, I think it's like a game where there's plenty of stuff to do by yourself, but um, there's certain significant benefits to being in a team that can't be ignored for too long if you're really into, like, the game. Like, if you really just want to advance in the game because you've gotten really into it, then you got to... Yeah, and some professions kind of need each other to work like, I don't know. I can make a lot of things as a blacksmith, but this these weapons, I kind of need leather grips. So I need to find someone that gets leather. <laughs> so you just got to be an Omnicrafter, and that solves that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a game with limited craft quest, um, you know, profession. Yeah, I, I know. That's, <laughs> that's the joke. Because it's every game that limits uh, professions... You pretty much need to do that. That's the point. And maybe, like, if you have one of these special accounts, um, you start with some kind of, like, guiding sprite or something that's, like, uh, very, like, proactive in setting you up with other players. My mind went to Navi. Who? Navi from one of the Zelda oh. games. Yeah. Hey, listen! Yeah, like that. So, so like, um... You'll have, like, players where, like, their sprites are like, You want to team up? Okay. And then it's like, I'm in a party. <laughs> You're both on the same quest. <laughs> and then they, like, they don't even, like, talk to each other, but, like, um, the sprites are able to just uh, coordinate them enough that they can do the whole quest without ever talking to each other. And it's like... <laughs> and the, the players would try to kill the sprites? Yeah. And it's like, do you want to be friends? And it's like, they've added you to the friends list. And you're like, I did not consent to this. <laughs> you stupid sprite. And then the people just take them off. <laughs> <laughs> no. The sprites are just hoping the person's too lazy to remove them. Exactly. Like, the sprites are really obnoxious, but they're, like, also really cute. So it's hard to stay mad at them. <laughs> mm. Well, maybe for the actual gamers, but not for the... <laughs> You have a uh, different experience than I do. The more adorable and annoying something is, the more I want it dead. But that's not truly adorable <laughs> if it's only just surface adorable. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, what's these sprites' redeeming features, then? They're, um, they give good hugs. <laughs> They're tiny! Hey, what, tiny things can't give good hugs? It kind of depends. Maybe... But, like... That much of a size difference, yeah, no, not really. Maybe they can uh, get bigger for the sake of hugging and get smaller for convenience. <laughs> mm, that's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> they can only get bigger. More to the point, um, I guess my main question is, what direction are we planning for our main character to actually go once we're in this world? Well, I'm kind of picturing stereotypical Ice Queen to start. And slowly makes a small amount of friends. Like, you know, 
I feel like this is gonna be one of those slice of life adventures where like nothing much is happening. And before- I don't want to put too fine a point on it. Why is she in the institution? Try to kill herself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so depression then? I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's a fairly simple you one. You could diagnose it as, yeah, major depressive disorder, mm-hmm. but... Now, what caused it, you could, you know, pick and choose. There's. Just I mean, it could just be SLS. The mental health issues, there could be something specific caused them to try. Yeah, I don't I don't mind necessarily, even if we just make their, their uh, diagnosis depression caused by SLS, a.k.a. Uh, bad life syndrome. Um... <laughs> You know, you could have some some trauma or not. You know, people don't need to have a trauma to be depressed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Really depends on uh, what you want to go. Okay, so mm-hmm. our main character is going to make friends. Uh, solid. We have a general direction. Um, I picture like the first month in the game, she doesn't actually talk to anyone that's not a quest giver. Or a merchant. <laughs> From a writing perspective, that seems difficult to me. Not if you fast forward through a lot of Not it. Not if you that's add pets. True, but that's cheating. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, the first chapter could be like, during the first month, she spent this much time talking to this sort of NPC, finished this many quests, and did this sort of thing. And then finally, after 72 hours of in-game time, she talked to the first actual other player. I mean, this doesn't seem very hard. I personally wrote a story that went, what, first 20 chapters without other characters? <laughs> okay, you went 20 chapters, but in-game it was, like, less than six hours. <laughs> Reminds me of D&D, where a five-minute fight can take three hours and several days of travel can take five minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Time is a little bit loopy, um... But I, I was more talking about the kind of ridiculous fact that spending a month of not talking to anybody is actually pretty difficult. I mean, you say that. I don't know. I've done but it. But it certainly, like, wouldn't have been outside the possibility for the characters in Fantasia. Like, I had somebody, like, try and kill her pet, and then somebody, like, freaking like, crash straight into her <laughs> like that's that's how the interaction started so like other than that it's not like she was like seeking out human connection or some shit like that <laughs> yeah i mean the first person they talk to doesn't have to be a friendly thing i mean i'm i could just picture someone kind of walking up out of my way poor person and you know they got great gear maybe the first person that they talked to <laughs> I mean, it would be funny if they were role-playing an NPC in order to sell some of their items that they just crafted. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also, if you include the fact that their sprites can facilitate them, like, doing, like, group activities without having to talk to anyone, you can easily go months and months without talking to anyone. <laughs> Wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you, you got, like, 12 people on your friends list that you've never talked to, but you recognize them. You've been on adventures with them, so you have, like, faintly positive emotions. And if you've ever had, like, a role-play 
video game thing. Some players would actually have fun just role-playing an NPC every day at the same time when they play. They go to the tavern, they sell booze to other players, they go out, they gather herbs to make potions, and then they sit down to sell potions. I could picture people doing that in VR easily. Oh, yeah. Just fully, like, you know, have an interaction with a person who's role-playing an NPC. They become your favorite potion seller because they actually have different prices on things. And different stock. Exactly. (laughs) This is a higher quality NPC. Okay. Maybe she heard people talk about that NPC. You know, they don't have the actual thing unless a player examines or whatever. I don't know. But. (laughs) So we'll have someone who's like deep undercover as a pretend NPC who's gotten the go ahead to be in this instance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well they've never had a single complaint because nobody realizes they're a real person that they could complain <laughs> about this NPC is not buying all my trash <laughs> you know maybe <laughs> yeah like somebody like wanted to like open a bar but they couldn't do it in real life so they're like you know what I'm just gonna open a bar in this game and it's gonna be fun Half generic fantasy RPG, half Minecraft. And then, but then they're like, you know what? I'm going to sell potions and beer. So so now it's a potion shop, too. Because <laughs> what's the difference? You're just brewing shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe even tea, because let's be honest. Depends. Sometimes potion beers. Potion beers, yeah. Look, this beer is actually a healing potion. It's also a beer. <laughs> it's a beer that will heal you. <laughs> And then the character, like, screws up their nose but and drinks it, and it's like, what? It's like, I don't like beer. And then it's like, what? <laughs> Why didn't you just buy a normal healing potion, then? You didn't try to sell me one. Oh, you have those? <laughs> like, I thought I had to drink the beer. <laughs> now, as far as professions, I picture the main character not picking crafting professions due to the fact they kind of overlap. And only doing, like, gathering professions, like mining, so that way they can sell the material straight to vendors. I mean, that's most of the people who don't plan to, uh, you know, do the uh, do the crafting in most of the games that I am aware of, where you uh, do your, you grab all three, usually, gra- gathering professions instead of... Um, I can fish, I can mine, and I can cut wood. It's usually plant gathering or... Leather or, or, like, skinning? Yeah, but, you know. Maybe this main character just gets a lot of satisfaction at completing item collection requests and just starts doing ludicrous amounts of them. And, like, the therapist is like, do you want to, like, talk to anyone? Or, like, go on a f- interesting quest? And they're like, no. <laughs> and just, they just want to, that that... Like, there's, like, a, a stat that's, like, number of jobs completed, and they're just, like, seeing it go up. <laughs> they do the repeatable FedEx quest for the NPCs. Ugh. And then, like, they've slowly... You guys have just described my nightmare player. They, they've slowly <laughs> optimized, like, the, the number of quests that they can do at the same time. <laughs> Actually, I just imagined a, a funny, um, repeatable NPC based um fedex quest it's right outside the auction house and the entire quest is take this package that this npc won at the auction house and deliver it to him (laughs) yeah 
and it's just a repeatable one. You have described my nightmare player. Well, there you go. It's your nightmare, but we're going to have to work through it. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess my first question is, what is the impetus for change that we're going to be using here? Somebody messing with the routine. <laughs> or some, yeah, somebody locking the NPC in a long, tedious, quest-based conversation. And this person just wants to give them the package, but they can't because the NPC is locked with another player. Yeah. Just mess with the routine. <laughs> you threw off my groove! Like, I'm trying to deliver a package here! I'm on a schedule! Or, like, you know, maybe somebody took the quest that they normally take every week and on Mondays. And they're like, oh, we're gonna have... I dislike you so much and I don't know who you are. <laughs> we are going to have words, random newbie! <laughs> you are now my mortal enemy. Have we met? Or maybe it's like um, the player who is pretending to be an NPC as a bartender actually thinks that this player is an NPC because of the re regularity at which like she comes <laughs> to pick up the packages. And, <laughs> and then eventually realizes, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you're One of them says something like, you're a realistic NPC. And then that, like, you know, drives some curiosity to interact more. Or like the main character throws a rock at the bartender and just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> or I shall not be insulted like that, but I need to deliver the package. Or like, yeah, maybe the bartender is like, maybe I'll like spice up these deliveries and change the recipients to make it more challenging as like a troll. But but after a while, it's just like uh, the the therapist contacts them. Is like good job, like this is great. You keep going, and then they're like, "I don't, I don't know who that was." <laughs> Instead of the Valley of Fluffy Bunnies, you need to deliver this package to the Mountain of Hellfire and Brimstone. Good luck. <laughs> What's the package? Um, chili peppers. There's the uh... why. <laughs> Just so you know, there's like a bridge. Where you're going to have to talk your way past the gatekeeper. Because there's no other way to the demon lord's castle. <laughs> I mean, technically you can fight your way past the gatekeeper. Or sneak your way past the gatekeeper. But, like, good luck. Yeah. And, you know, okay. they start going on quest-based therapy. <laughs> oh, man. It's like... Why did they update this quest? I preferred the old version. <laughs> Deliver this tea to this elderly NPC, and the elderly NPC kind of forces them to come inside and talk over tea. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're just like waiting for like the quest complete notification, but you have to like sit through the entire tea time first. <laughs> uh. Warning: Leaving now will cause the quest to fail. Your Scores will go down, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but... But I'm fine. just sitting through tea! <laughs> <laughs> they try to find the wiki for it, but realize that they don't have access to it. Because <laughs> it's all experimental. Um, you know, yeah. maybe there's another character who's also trying to optimize their questing algorithm. And they, you know, meet up a, a lot. Kind of by coincidence, but it's mainly because... Their optimization algorithms have come to the same conclusion. I'm just picturing now a speedrunner 
um, getting confused how she's doing better than them. Or like, uh, maybe th- there's like that that annoying dude who like um, always tries to like break the game and use exploits and stuff. And um, they're just running around <laughs> doing crazy shit and like it messes up the delivery sometimes. <laughs> I'm just picturing the main character instead of talking, just throwing things at people. Yeah. Giving an icy glare. And if they try to respond, throw another whatever. Maybe that just becomes her combat style. It's like, she's just accurate with any thrown object. <laughs> I'm kind of like a ranger, except I use rocks. But the tavern... Or like, you know, as a present, like the tavern keeper is like, Here, try throwing these instead of rocks. And then it's like, oh, that's sharp and pointy. Um, I'm suddenly much better at killing things than I was before. <laughs> Turns out that stabbing things is a lot more effective at killing things quickly than bludgeoning them most of the time. Yeah. Well, for the same amount of force. If they don't have a hard shot. For the same amount of force. Well, the invention of the bow had to have come up from someone like, I really want to stab that person, but I don't feel like getting closer. I want to stab farther, (laughs) faster, harder. I'm pretty sure that it it came as an evolution of the spear thrower. I know, it was more of a joke, but... <laughs> I mean, you know, it was probably, like, some kid, like, flicking a stick at somebody else and then attaching a pebble to the stick, and then they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you extend that principle. The spear came first, then came the spear thrower, then came the, uh... Then came the bow. Yeah, but the spear thrower is, like, a sling. I mean, it is a sling. It's not a sling. It's definitely a sling. It's not even close it's to like a sling. It's like a hard sling, I guess. Yeah. But it see, a bow stores... Uh, and just to be clear, slings were way deadlier than bows for like a significant period of mm-hmm. human history. Oh yeah, especially since anyone could handle them. No, it was the opposite. You couldn't handle it well. Anyone could handle a bow. Very few people could handle a sling. The principle of a sling is to extend your arm so that, you know, your the force distance sliver thingy is increased. But the the principle of a bow is to store potential energy in the elastic resistance of the bow so to store it so that you have more kinetic energy. So it's yeah, a spear throw is a sling. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> And you do know that the story would kind of alternate between playing the game and dealing with the therapists. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta, right? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, both the therapists talking maybe amongst themselves on what she's done and the therapist talking directly with her about what she's done. Because just because she gets out of some of the, you know, stuff doesn't mean she'd get out of all of it. <laughs> I mean, technically, you're like, at least in my case, there were very few that were actually required it's just that it didn't reflect well on you to skip things and you wouldn't be let out but um i think the whole point of virtual reality stories is like to follow both sides because the stories that just stay in virtual reality it's like why why you why didn't you just tell a fantasy yeah, story? Just why even have another world um so you know like maybe they uh they there are other patients of the same institution in the game. Well, I mean probably it's the that unit that's doing mm-hmm. the experiment. 
So, like, you can see... Does anybody want to share what they did in the game today? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, like, uh, they developed some friendships slash acquaintances slash enemies for ruining my delivery route. Uh, <laughs> and they recognize other people in real life. <laughs> and if they want to set them on fire, they can do that in the game. Yes, but not in <laughs> real life, because that's not allowed. <laughs> And you just know at least one therapist is going to be playing the game with them. Just not, you know, just not necessarily spend time with them all the time. Just be there. Hey, we need you to check in on so-and-so. Maybe try to socially interact. I see. They're located about here. (laughs) You know, depending on the relationship between the person and the therapist, uh, if they get discovered, you know. Might turn into a little bit of PvP, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Not if it's one they've none of them have ever met before. Oh. Like an observation-based okay. only. You know, one of those ones that are behind the glass door watching the therapy session or something. They gotta um, measure outcomes to write a paper to talk about the therapeutic effect of this game. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure they count as a therapist so much as a researcher. <laughs> well... Okay, then the researcher, not the therapist, is a player in the game. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of characters you could stick in there, but mm-hmm. I think fundamentally this is going to be kind of a slice-of-life adventure with some... With a slow mental health recovery? Yeah, you know, some heartwarming moments, some comedy, a little bit of adventure, maybe some drama, you know. And... Getting out of the thing at the very end, I picture maybe there actually being one player character that they want to get in contact. Yeah, you know, make some real friends. And to the point where they want to meet them in real life. And I personally wouldn't want to do it, but I'm sure some people would do the romance angle at uh, the end. Well, you know, it depends. I personally wouldn't want to, but <laughs> that's just because it's my writing style. Certain stories seem to fit better for romance than others in my mind. Well, that's every story, right? And it really depends on the characters. Because, yep. like, yeah. you can have characters that get along great that would be absolutely terrible as romantic partners. And then if you find yourself doing that, what you should do is understand what you have written and not do the romance angle. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. I do think any characters could end up as a romantic couple, but for some of it to work would take so much more effort and so much side stories and character development that it just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, I don't think yeah. that's the issue. It's I think it's more like the main character has to kind of be in the right place mentally and in their life mm-hmm. to be in a healthy relationship because otherwise it's going to not yeah because otherwise it's going to be an unhealthy relationship and uh you know i'm just picturing the first thing she does when she meets the friend is like throw a penny at him just you know make sure they're real um and like the the friend is like so used to it they just automatically dodge (laughs) i mean it would be much funnier if they catch it oh yeah it would be cooler too (laughs) Or smack it out of the way. No, 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 they gotta catch it. And it's it's aimed directly at the middle of their forehead. Because, catch it. Yeah. 
smacks it back and it flies at the person. No, 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 no. You got to imagine like the the cool where you're like, yeah, you've just absorbed all that. Catch it between two fingers. And it's like, (laughs) hi. (laughs) Just like as if it's the most normal thing in the world to just be constantly um, intercepting pennies thrown at your face. (laughs) I mean, from that person, they probably are. Well, you know, usually it's gold coins. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe that's their comment. It's like, hey, not a gold coin this time. <laughs> it's like, I almost dropped it. These things are smaller than gold coins. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys still have pennies. <laughs> they were phased out in Canada several years ago. <laughs> I still got a couple Canadian pennies. Cash purchases are rounded to the nearest nickel. Uh, I mean, we should have done that ages ago yeah. in the US. <laughs> yeah, you should have. We just don't because of the tin lobby. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But moving on from that, <laughs> um, I think we have our structure here. I, unless mm-hmm. you guys have something you want to add, I think we can wrap up. The only other thing I can think to add is maybe something about how the game gets properly released for therapy if it did well. Yeah. You know, I imagine they would be like, yeah, it's useful in very specific uh, understandings of your. Yeah, like it's useful in very specific cases, but most of the time it's just kind of like whatever. A list of things. It's like it seems to help with these mental health issues, but not these mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't think, you know, sticking someone in virtual reality would be very helpful for like anyone with a psychotic disorder where you're having difficulty differentiating reality from not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That would be kind of counterproductive. <laughs> like, I would think um, uh, the person just um, spawn camps, the graveyard and, kills all the other players right when they respawn honestly actually i don't know if it would be counterproductive it it sort of depends on the individual but like that one would be so up to the individual therapist (laughs) that it would be difficult to go at and like i don't think this kind of thing is helpful for like severe severe depression where like you're like not even motivated to like get out of bed to pee yeah if you can't self-motivate at all it's uh right mm -hmm. it's you know it's not electroconvulsive therapy it's more for you know the level where you still got some ability to act and there is one other thing i could think of based on what we said about the main character she just kind of tries things that you know might have been relevant for trying to off herself like jumping off a building a few times only to show up in the graveyard running through a you know swarm of people with swords soloing a dragon only to get eaten like yeah i mean and eventually maybe she just kind of gets bored of it you know there's like you can do a certain level of like just careless disregard for your life and also you know actively offing yourself Although that's not very uh, productive in a in a game where you yeah, just actively killing yourself in in the game seems to be a little bit like a waste of time, but mm-hmm. careless disregard for life uh, would definitely work. And I mean, if you really wanted to play into it, you could do that careless disregard for life uh, in exchange for like completing goals over and over again um, until she gets to a point where she can no longer 
completely carelessly disregard her life if she wants to complete the goals. And then, you know, you can start uh, development from there where it's like you have to pay attention to your to yourself and keep yourself alive in order to accomplish this goal, which sort of eventually leads into, okay, we're just going to try not to die in general. That, yeah, that I helps mean, most of the time. Or, like, instead of, like, using it as, I don't know, the its own, like, therapeutic thing, you could just, like, show like the characters change over time by the fact that they stop dying so much because they're a little bit more careful Mm -hmm. like as she starts you know just not wanting to die as much (laughs) hey you only died three times this week (laughs) progress and only two of them were intentional (laughs) (laughs) i don't know is it worse to die accidentally Eventually, it's kind of like a, well, dying is kind of annoying now. (laughs) All you do is just, like, lose stats, you know? (laughs) Which, if the main character did try to off herself, you know, that would be a, you know, good thing for the therapist to hear. Well, dying is kind of annoying. I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Even if it's just (laughs) in-game. Dying is kind of annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Quote. Hey, that's all we need as a knock- an acknowledgement that it's it's annoying yeah <laughs> not a i don't want to but um it's annoying exactly <laughs> meanwhile the therapist progress yes <laughs> well i can't really think of much else more to say outside of video game building but that's not the main exactly point. <laughs> you know you can add some therapy minded mechanics i guess I don't know what those would be. But. Adding versions of that that don't suck is actually pretty difficult. Yeah. A lot of research. You know, it's a, a whole world out there that you can either screw people up more or help them. Or both. Because <laughs> you can be screwed up in many different ways. Usually both. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay, well, if you like this story... Write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you want to complain, good luck. I'm not going to help you with that. Um. <laughs> uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. We would appreciate it if you could uh, check out Sunflower Vice's work elsewhere if you want to plug that. Well, my current story is technically abroad. I had to take a break from it for a bit, but I'm starting to get back into it. Although getting back into it's harder than I hoped. <laughs> I know the feeling. But yeah, all the links I think are already on the Unwritten Imaginings website at this point. Because I've been around for a little while, and yeah. But I guess that's the end of that. Just check out Sunflower's guest page and you'll find it there. Um we would also appreciate if you could give us a like, rating, review, whichever form of engagement that your podcasting platform supports. Hashtag unwritten imaginings, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we could do that. Plus, with Musk and the Twitter thing, I don't know if we even want to be there. It's complicated. It's, it's fine. Email us if you tag us on Twitter so we'll actually check. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very normal thing to request. <laughs> okay. 
And uh, we'll see you. But every social media has their own deal. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Ta ta. Thank you.